1: Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever wondered how long do seeds last? Maybe you see a pack of seeds bought at the hardware store and you look at it and you wonder, uh, well, I wonder how long I could just leave these seeds be in this little envelope and then go and plant it and they would actually bloom. Uh, I've wondered that in the midst of uh, all of this craziness with the coronavirus lockdown and the pandemic and uh, shortages of, of supplies and food and coins and all these things, I wondered, how long do seeds last? I was kind of working my way through the process where I was looking at how long does this food last? How long does that food last? And then I got to dry grains and so forth. And then I was like, well, hey, if I'm looking at these, why not look at seeds? How long do these seeds last? And my research brought me to a stunning, uh, a stunning, uh, uh, results. I couldn't believe, uh, believe it, believe my eyes when I read it and I had to do a little bit of research to make sure it's true. But I think you'll really be interested in knowing the longest lasting seed because it has great, uh, uh, encouragement for us as believers and, uh, it's really neat. So how long do seeds last? Well, some seeds last up to 10 years Uh, My research, I went to gardeningchannel.com. That sounds pretty official. My research uh, let me know that some seeds can last 10 years, like a tomato seed was even found viable after 16 years. Watermelon seeds are known to last four years. And that always amazes me when you plant a little watermelon seed and you see what comes up. That's unbelievable. Uh, That's enough for me to be convinced there's a God because how else can that turn into the... Okay, anyways... Carrot seeds, three years. Onions, just one. But one seed surpasses them all, the Judean date palm. Have you ever had dates? Not a going out on a date, uh, but an actual date fruit that comes from the date palm tree, those big palm trees you might have seen in the Middle East? I learned recently of a seed that was found in the late 60s by archaeologists excavating King Herod the Great's fortress in Israel. And so I'm going to read a little bit here from Wikipedia. During 1963 through 65, excavations at Herod the Great's palace on Masada, Israel, revealed a cache of date palm seeds preserved in an ancient jar. They'd experienced a very dry and sheltered environment for centuries. Radiocarbon dating at the University of Zurich confirmed these seeds dated from between 155 BC to 64 AD. So this is right around the time of Jesus. The seeds were held in storage for 40 years at Bar Ilan University in Ramat Gan, a very well-known internationally acclaimed university right there in Israel. In 2005, Dr. Elaine Soloway from the Center for Sustainable Agriculture at the Arvara Institute for Environmental Studies managed to sprout several seeds by pre-treating them in a fertilizer and hormone-rich solution. Three of the seeds were subsequently planted at Keturah, Israel, in the Arabah in southern Israel. Eight weeks later, one of the seeds had sprouted, and by June 2008, the tree had nearly a dozen fawns and was nearly four foot seven tall. Several years later, by the summer of 2010, the sapling stood about six foot seven tall. The plant was named Methuselah after the longest-lived person listed in the Bible. So here's what's so remarkable right here. This date palm tree, the nickname Methuselah, is remarkable in being the oldest known tree seed successfully germinated. So when you research the oldest seed or longest-living seed, if you did a Google search, you went to your library, you may learn about seeds that was found somewhere in an ice cube or, you know, a block of ice or not ice cube, a block of ice somewhere uh, from many years ago. But this is the oldest known uh, tree seed successfully germinated. And uh, also in being the only living representative of the Judean date, date palm, a tree extinct for over 800 years. Wow. Which was once a major food and export crop in ancient Judea. So a little bit more about this amazing date palm tree, the oldest living seed. By 2015, Methuselah, that's the date palm tree, had produced pollen that has been successfully uh, used to pollinate female date palms. Another thing I didn't know that trees have uh, genders, and this was a male tree uh, that, that they planted, and it was able to pollinate female date palm trees. And the females, I believe, are the ones that that have the fruit on them. As of 2019, additional Judean date palm seeds have been grown. 32 seeds from locations in the Dead Sea were planted, and six saplings have survived. And it goes on here to talk about the saplings starting to grow and uh, potentially more... Um, uh, pollen to, uh, uh, pollinate the, male tree in the future. So let's unwrap this a little bit here. I know you probably are thinking, am I listening to Christian radio right now? You are. You're listening to Christian radio or you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, but here is the kicker. This is what's so crazy. I just, again, I couldn't, I mean, I read like two sentences uh, when I was researching about the date palm and I had to send myself a note. I said, research this later because the idea that they found this seed where inherit the greats. Fortress, the same king Herod that wanted all the children in Bethlehem and the surrounding areas under two years old killed. And that's exactly what happened. Why? Because he was trying to exterminate Jesus because the wise men had said the king of the Jews was born. And Herod, he was jealous because up to that point, he had held that title, the king of the Jews. And this led to a great slaughter of young boys in the area, that's Matthew 2, 16 through 18, the same Herod that killed his own wife and children so they wouldn't take his place on the throne. What an evil king. The same Herod the Great that had Joseph and Mary flee to Egypt per an angel sent from the Lord's instructions and were only granted to return once it was deemed that Herod himself had died. And that's Matthew 2, 19 through 21. So we know King Herod is a historical figure. So number one, If you doubted the historicity of the Bible, uh, the fact that they have excavated uh, King Herod's fortress, his palace, his estate, that might make you believe a little bit more in the Bible Then the fact that they find this Judean uh, date palm, to me, is kind of full of irony. Uh, It's just so interesting that this King Herod, the same one that wanted to kill Jesus, amen, there's a tree coming out of a seed stored uh, in his fortress that is now growing over 2,000 years old. Unbelievable. A seed comes out of his temple that is bearing fruit today, literally. A seed that resembles the very one he wanted to kill so badly, Jesus of Nazareth. Is that all an accident? Is the oldest living seed just happened to be a date palm tree that came out of evil King Herod's fortress? Is is it all an accident? Of course it's not an accident. Of course it's not an accident. Amen. Look, this is God showing that Jesus is alive and well. Amen. This is God showing the truth that his righteous branch, the most holy uh, person to ever walk this earth, Jesus Christ himself is alive and well in heaven. And that tree over 2000 years old, if you count the seeds age is still growing, still bearing fruit. Amen. What a blessing. Our text verse here is Psalms ninety-two twelve. 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Psalm 92, 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Let's pray. Dear Lord, uh, help us here today to understand what you'd have your people to know about the, about the Judean date palm, Lord. Uh, what an interesting story. Help us to understand how that relates to Jesus, Lord, and how we can apply this to our lives to be more like Him. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I bet you learned something new here today, did you not? If you're in a trivia session, now you know the oldest living seed. Uh, now you know the a little bit about the Judean date palm. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of cool. I don't know. Just maybe that's me. But uh, the, the idea here, the, what I want to spend a little bit of time here tonight doing is looking at... The five traits that resemble Jesus that we can pull from this tree. Five traits that resemble Jesus that we can pull from observing this tree. Amen. The first trait trait is the tree is upright. Psalms 92.12, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Flourish, grow. It's an upright tree. Amen. Jesus is righteous. He's upright in all his ways. Again, if you ever look at a palm tree, it's like a big arrow going up, and Jesus is righteous in all his ways. He's upright in all his ways. Uh, he's flourishing today as he was then, and from him all things will be to come. So Jesus uh, was with God from the beginning. We know that, and uh, Jesus came uh, in in in, uh, in an earthly form as man. Um, 2000 years ago, amen, and died on the cross for our sins. It was uh, wonderfully, beautifully, unbelievably, miraculously resurrected from the grave by God. That's God showing us that He truly is the Christ, amen. He uh, walked this earth uh, 40 days and 40 nights, was seen by over 500, um, and then He ascended up to heaven to be at the right hand of the Father where He is today. So Jesus is upright, He's flourishing, He's growing. I believe that date palm is a picture of Jesus Christ flourishing and growing today and because he's upright we can know that when we aspire to live like him and to grow like uh to grow to be like him amen that we will be living as God wants us to live we're here to glorify God we're here to praise Jesus and it's important to understand that Jesus is upright uh, and all will be judged by Him because He is upright. So God, the Father gives Jesus the Son all power, uh, including judgment. So when we die is something I learned in my Bible study not too long ago, when we die, I knew that uh, okay, you're going to go get judged by the Lord. But as I was reading and studying, I, I learned that we will be judged by Jesus. So we will be face judgment from the upright one, from Jesus, uh, from the Holy Son of God. Amen. Because God the Father has given Jesus the Son all power, amen. And so because he's upright, because uh, we'll be judged by him, we should live upright. Because we shouldn't understand that we want rewards in heaven, we're not going to be able to convince Jesus or persuade Jesus. He will see right through us. Because he's upright, because he's righteousness, he'll see through us. And so what can we do? Uh, Number one, we have to be saved so that we can plead jesus we can plead him to him uh, effectively because if not then we will be uh, convicted of our sins we'll be sent to hell uh to burn forever in the lake of fire Uh, we don't want that so we must be saved by jesus christ our lord and then we must live upright And that means following his commands, living as he'd want us to live. Secondly, the tree is fruit bearing. So first, the tree is upright. Secondly, the tree is fruit bearing. The date palm tree is fruit bearing. Uh, This is a very nutritious fruit. This is a fruit that was used uh, for medicinal uh, purposes back uh, then, over 800 years ago when it was plentiful. And it is a fruit bearing tree. And so we understand that Jesus bears much fruit Uh, in his ministry. He bore much fruit in his earthly ministry here. He is still bearing fruit uh, through his elect, those that have been saved. He's still able uh, and willing to use those for his purposes. That's why uh, we're often called the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. We are out here doing the Lord's will to understand that to live uh, by the Holy Spirit, to live Uh, righteously is to do God's will, nothing else. It's not how we would want to live or how we think we should live or how some politician tells us to live or some academic or some book or our spouse or whoever. No, to live righteously is to live how God would have us to live and to be led by the Holy Spirit, not grieving the Holy Spirit in sin, but led by the Holy Spirit by being fully repentant before God and bearing fruit for God. Amen. So the tree is fruit bearing. Not only is a tree uh, fruit bearing uh, in, in, in the Bible that symbolizes Jesus, but also uh, the tree symbolizes fruitfulness. Uh, so the story of Elisha. After Elijah was carried away, the, the two prophets, Elijah was carried away. So Elijah ends up in Jericho, and the people there said the land is great, but there's a problem. We need water. And so Elijah blesses the land there, and then you get the uh, well of Elijah, the spring of Elijah, which is still there to this day. Amen. You could still go there. As I go through this message, a lot of the things I'm mentioning, like this tree, you can actually look it up online. You can see the, this 2,000-year-old Judean date you can see it growing. Uh, the, 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 um, Uh, excavation of Herod's fortress. You can go online and read about that and see the artifacts. And then here I'm mentioning uh, Elijah's spring, Elijah's well here. And you could still see that today in Jericho. In fact, my understanding people that are living there, that's actually how they get their water. That's their water source. So here I live in Cleveland County. I believe our water source is Moss Lake, uh, which is pretty close to where I live actually. So sometimes at lunch we'll go down there with the kids. We'll go over there and look at the Lake, and I guess that gives us our drinking water, uh, so to speak. I, I, I'm not an expert on that; I don't know everything about it. But here, here you have people living in Jericho, and they're drinking water. Is this water that Elisha the prophet blessed in the land of Jericho? And guess what happens when that water comes out? Plenty of palm trees. Judean date palms start populating the area. Deuteronomy 34.3. And the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, listen to this, the city of palm trees unto Zor. So here in Deuteronomy, it even mentions Jericho as the city of palm trees. So not only uh, does the date palm symbolize uh, fruit bearing, but it symbolizes fruitfulness. As God had has profited, blessed this land and given it water. Then the date palms show up. Now we see this date palm rising up uh, out of uh, out of the uh, seed that was buried there in King uh, e- evil uh, King Herod's fortress 2000 years ago. And now we see it raising up. That's a sign of God's fruitfulness. God is not done. Amen. I hope you're getting a blessing from this because it's just so neat to see just to learn about. And it really wasn't, uh, but a little bit of reading here or there to put the pieces together. I'm sure I'm not the first, but I'm just an excited preacher tonight. All
0: right. You're listening to KJV cafe. As you learn the great truths in God's word, we encourage you to take the verses mentioned in this episode and study them Trusting God will open your eyes to a deeper understanding of himself. Now here's Pastor Clark with the rest of today's message.
1: Jesus is the only way to God, thus the only way to gain a fruitful life here and in eternity. So when we understand that Jesus is fruitful, that Jesus is the fruit of the vine, that Jesus is the most important thing, that Jesus is our salvation, then we understand That the only way here for us to have a fruitful life is to live for him, to be saved by him and to live for him in all that we do. And you say, Brother Clark, how do I do that? Here's an idea. Follow his commands. You know, just start researching what did Jesus command? What are Jesus' commandments? Start going through not just the Mosaic laws and the Ten Commandments, which are very, very important. uh, And the Bible teaches us that we must, as fathers, teach our children those commandments, but also dig deeper there and look at what Jesus is commanding, uh, like the Beatitudes and so forth in Matthew. Go through them and understand, hey, how can I do this? How can I live this? How can I bear fruit for God? And we start thinking like that. We start getting in line with what the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish through us, and we start praying those prayers to God, those prayers will be answered. Amen. Jesus bore much fruit in his ministry, and we should strive to to do the same. The fruit of the ministry should be souls saved, lives changed, saints edified, and God glorified. Jesus embodied this in all his ways. He still does. Amen. The fruit of the ministry should be souls saved. So we should be bearing fruit for the Lord by helping to win souls. We should be sowing that seed. Of course, God is the one that does the saving. We just sow the seed. The Holy Spirit will convict and God will save and God gets all the glory. Yet we are servants of the Most High, those that are saved. Amen. We are the ones that, that should be out there sowing the seeds to have lives changed. You must be saved. And then we should be working to help those the brothers and sisters in Christ that are down and out, help them, bless them. You do things for them that you can. Maybe you know a brother and sister that's struggling. You know, bear. You can bear fruit for the Lord by being the Lord's hands and feet by by, by calling them or texting them or bringing them by some food or a coffee or just spending time to listen to them. I mean, in this world, you know, how much how much does it mean in this world just to call a friend and say, Hey, what's up? I, I've got a few minutes. Anything on your mind? Do you want to share? Anything you want to talk about? Just letting people talk, just listening to them. What a blessing you can be. Saints edified and God glorified. That's what Jesus embodied in all he did here on earth. Thirdly, the tree is beautiful. If you ever seen a Judean date palm, it's beautiful. What is welcome in the dark? A light is welcome in the dark because it's dark, you can't see, you need the light. Jesus is the light in this dark world. It's like having that date palm out in the desert. you, You have got nothingness everywhere and then you've got this fruitful tree where you got shade and you got fruit. Oh goodness, it's so good to be near it. And that's what it's like to be near Jesus. Amen. He is the light. It is good to be near him. We should walk in the light. The Bible teaches us to walk in the light. We too should be like this in all that we do. Beautiful light to those that are in the bondage of sin. We should be like an oasis. People should see us and say, I want what they've got. Amen. And then they'll start learning that what we have is truly all from God. We haven't done anything. Bible says our, our righteousness is like filthy rags. It's all from God. And then they turn to him, amen. They look to us, they see how we live, they see our testimony, they see our life, they see our witness. And they turn to the one that made us this way. Anyone that wants to give me credit for anything could just give it right to God. Let God get all the glory. Amen. I believe he took someone like me that was down and out, living a wicked lifestyle, far uh, far off from him. I believe he, he He saved me and he changed me as a testimony to his amazing power because they know if if he can do it to Brother Clark, he could do it to anybody. Amen. A beautiful tree can be seen far off, like an oasis just like we should be like a city on, on top of a hill, a city that can't be hid. Amen. Also, when the Israelites came out of the wilderness, uh, Exodus fifteen twenty seven, we see the palm trees. Uh, and they came to Elam where were 12 wall- wells of water and 3 score and 10 palm trees and they encamped there by the waters so not only do you see the oasis example here but you see the example of the israelites coming out of the wilderness amen leaving that 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 uh that life away from the promised land and going to the promised land they're headed in the right direction and they're they're revived and replenished by this water and the shade from the palm and the fruit etc We see this, amen. We see the date palm can signify this rejuvenation, this refreshing, and that's what we get when we get close to the Lord. And that's what the Lord shows us. There's so much richness in that example of the Exodus story. There's so much richness in that, in how we are to live for God and how being close to God is where we need to be and how when we get afar off from God, we get lost in the wilderness. And in that case, literally, they are lost for 40 years. Where was the beauty of Jesus in his earthly ministry? I want you to think about this for a minute. So the tree is beautiful. That's the talking point here. But where was the beauty of Jesus in his earthly ministry? Was it in his appearance? Was it in his chariot? Was it in his abode? No, it was in his heart, in his soul, in his mind, in his words, and his deeds, and his charitable love, not in vain things. We should live like Jesus lived. And we should have beauty, most importantly, on the inside. Nothing wrong with getting your hair cut. My wife always tells me to get my hair cut or she says she's going to cut it herself, which can be dangerous, folks. Uh, But lately because of the virus, I've let her. Uh, But look, we have to look presentable. I understand that. We have to uh, brush our teeth, wash our face, etc., etc. Nothing wrong with driving a car that runs well or having a wristwatch, etc., But at the end of the day, it's not how we look on the outside. It's how we look on the inside. And who looks on the inside? Our God looks on the inside. Jesus looks on the inside, and he's the model. He's the example. He knows us, and he sees us. Our heart, soul, mind, words, deeds, and charitable love should be beautiful like Jesus. Amen? Work on that inside. The date palm tree, is the fourth point, grows upwards and this is what i learned even under considerable weight it grows upwards under considerable weight that made me think of second corinthians 12:10 therefore i take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What's Paul speaking of here? He's speaking of that thorn in the flesh that he was trying to get relieved. He prayed for it three times, that God would take that thorn in the flesh from him. What was it? We don't fully know, but it was something that was obviously very irritating, very troubling to Paul. some kind of physical ailment, most likely. And he said, God, take this from me. And three times, and God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Why? Because when I am weak then I am strong. When the weights of life, the weight of life, the cares of life that get you down, realize that Jesus is up to something. When you're down, Jesus is up to something. Amen. John 3:30 is apt here. We must decrease so he can increase. Nothing good ever came easy. When we're broken, that's when God can work with us. We must be broken. We must be contrite. We must be repentant. We must be uh, humble to be used by God. Amen. Ask a man of God, uh, ask a, a servant of the Lord what it's like to serve the Lord. Is it all just pats on the back and happy days? No, God will God will take his servants and those that live for him and he'll put them through the ringer because we are being molded to be more like him. Amen. And I believe this, uh, this is just Pastor Clark talking here, but I believe when we get to heaven, that'll give us great context for what we faced here. It'll make it even more enjoyable there, but I don't have time to go into that. I wish I did nothing good ever came easy. This tree grows under considerable weight. Uh, We can grow as Christians when we give our burdens to Jesus, those heavy burdens, give them to the Lord, and then don't go back to them and don't revisit them and don't continue to be uh, just troubled by things, but truly give it to him and trust him. Amen. I believe that we can't just say that we trust God, but we have to live that we trust God. We have to live that out. We have to believe that. And God knows the difference between someone just saying it and faking it and someone that really believes, say, hey, God, I've got this burden, but I trust you and I'm at peace. I'm done with it. I know you're going to do great things. We must trust God. Finally, here, the fifth point, the ultimate ending is fruit above, even if you always can't see it below. Uh, think of this. You're looking at a huge date palm tree head on. What do you see? You just see kind of a narrow trunk. If you look down, you don't see much at all. But when you look up, think about this. When you look up at that big, huge tree, you see what? You see the fruit above. That's what we need to do as Christians. When we get to heaven, we will inherit great fruit from our journey here on earth for the Lord, doing his work and his will all the day long. When we inherit the fruit, we will then wonder, maybe, why didn't we spend more time looking up when we were down there? That's the idea, friend. We need to look up to our great reward in heaven. Don't fear anything or anyone on this earth beyond God Almighty. Continue to carry on, press on, carry that cross, take up take up your, your, you know, your heavy burdens for the day, knowing that God is able to relieve them from you, to bless you, to get you through it. Remember, this is a true story. This 2,000-year-old date palm tree really did grow and really is the oldest of any seeds ever to grow, and it resembles the Lord and Savior so much. Hopefully, I did a good job convincing you of that. Is that a coincidence? I think not. God allowed this to be an encouragement to believers like us, to know he's still alive, still on the throne, and still bearing fruit. What is the longest lasting seed? That's the seed of David, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's Romans 1, 3. Because while all others that have walked this earth have died, Jesus lives on. Jesus lives. He's alive. He is alive. Let's look to the author and finisher of our faith. Let's look to Jesus. As Hebrews twelve two puts it, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. He looked to the joy that was set before him. Are we doing that today? Are we looking to that joy when we get to see our Savior face to face? Oh, amen. I hope we are. I hope you enjoyed this message, and I hope to uh, have you tune in again soon. Uh, This is Pastor Clark signing off. Take care, uh, and, and please be praying for me, and I'll be praying for you. Amen. Pastor Clark here. Thank you so much for listening today to this radio broadcast. I just would like to remind you that if you like what you've heard and you want to listen to more, visit kjvcafe.com that's kjvcafe.com. We've got great uh, messages on there. We've got uh, YouTube videos on there. we've got audio recordings on there and there's uh, links to our social media. you can even send me an email if you want to. Uh, But just check it out if you have time, kjvcafe.com. And again, thank you so much for listening. It truly is a wonderful blessing to be able to have a radio ministry. And I realize without you listening, we would not have much of a radio ministry. So I'm just so thankful and grateful for uh, you taking the time to listen today. And I just wanted to put that in there at the end of the message. So thank you so much. And please uh, take care and God bless you. (music) you.
0: Thanks for visiting the cafe today. Our goal is to inspire you with the truth and depth of God's word in a straightforward manner. Do you know Jesus? You can today. Visit kjvcafe.com to learn more about God's great plan of salvation for all of mankind. Until next time, remember as Matthew chapter six, verse 33 puts it, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness.